What's up, guys? Tee it up Tuesday. <clears throat> On this episode, we're going to talk a little bit about golf. I'm going to preview the Super Bowl between the Rams and the Bengals. I'm going to ask, what the hell happened this weekend at the Pro Bowl in the NFL? What the hell happened at the Bush Clash in NASCAR? What the hell is Dog the Bounty Hunter doing? And campfire. I got a question about campfires. But first, I'm going to run down my quick observation of the Super Bowl. Uh, this is a real quick one. Pairing everything up from, you know, the offensive side, defensive side, and special teams, I think the Rams have a slight advantage. Quarterbacks are pretty even. Uh, the Bengals do have an advantage at running back, I think. But due to the fact that the Rams have a little depth with Cam Akers and Sonny Michelle, it's not as far as you would think uh, the discrepancy. Uh, Mixing solid. But I think the Rams can counterbalance that with two guys. And their offensive line's better, so they'll block better. Uh, the wide receivers are pretty even. You're talking about Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, uh, Boyd for the Bengals. You're talking about Cooper Cup, Odell Beckham. You know, you throw Tyler Higby. Uh, you throw uh, Van Jefferson, guys like that in there. There's a plenty of people on both sides of the, of, 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 of the line who can catch the football. I don't know that anybody can stop Cooper Cup. And if you stop Cooper Cup, what does that mean for Odell Beckham? It's going to be interesting to see if Jalen Ramsey. Jalen Ramsey comes out and says, give me your best guy. That's who I'm going to cover. So he's going to be on Jamar Chase, I, I reckon. He says a lot of stuff like that. But then in turn, you know, a guy will go in the slot and he'll slide off of them and take the number two or number three guy. He's not a shutdown corner like he thinks he is, I don't think. Matter of fact, uh, to tie the game with the Buccaneers, Mike Evans smoked him in the corner of the end zone. So he can be beat. And we'll see. This will be his test on the grandest of stages with the most eyeballs he's ever had on him. Uh, but I think Aaron Donald, Von Miller against that Cincinnati Bengals uh, offensive line is going to be a little too much. The McPherson kid, the kicker for Cincinnati, if it comes down to kicking, I give him all the advantage. The guy's been clutch. He's been clutch, but he's due for a miss. So we'll see what happens there. Dude had ice in his veins these whole playoffs. I think he's made 10 field goals and, uh, that's got them where they are now. So for me, I'm gonna go with I'm gonna go with the Rams 27-20. Uh, that's gonna be my pick. Uh, who knows though? Joe Burrow's been a hell of a comeback quarterback, smooth under pressure, scrambling when it needs to be, hits the open wide receivers. So it's not out of the question that the Bengals went out right. I'm just not sure. Uh, this is their year. I think Burrow will be the face of the NFL in a couple years, but maybe not this year. We'll see. Give me the Rams 27 to 20. Take home Super Bowl 56. Mm -hmm. Move on to what Tee It Up Tuesday is all about. And we're talking about golf. Uh, Tom Hoagie won last week, beating out uh, Jordan Spieth and Patrick Cantlay, the defending FedEx Cup champion. Great for a guy named Tom Hoagie. Named after a sandwich. Uh, you can't beat that. Back-to-back -back weeks of first-time winners with Luke List winning the week before. Tom Hoagie wins this past week. And now we go to the Phoenix Open, the Waste Management Phoenix Open, which is somewhat like a uh, the Kentucky Derby of uh, 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 the golf season. Not so much the, uh, you know, the, the, the tournament itself, but everything that surrounds it. The drinking, the loud crowds, um, the festivities. You see a lot of videos of dudes walking sideways. You know, it's a long day of drinking. The golf, you know, the golf starts at eight or nine in the morning. 
they don't get done to six or seven in the afternoon. You know, you out there in the heat, uh, drinking them, the Michelob Ultras uh, all day long. And next thing you know, you're walking sideways. Big field, a big field this week. Number one in the, in the world, John Rahm, who's from, uh, well, he's from Spain, but he plays uh, college golf at Arizona State. It's like a home home match for him. It's going to be interesting to see how he competes. Uh, guys like Justin Thomas, uh, Hideki Masayama, Xander Shoffley, Webb Simpson, uh, Victor Hovland, Patrick Cantley. You know, it's a who's who of the top golfers in the world. Uh, a couple of the guys who played in the Saudi tournament this past week are not playing. And, uh, of course, uh, Roy McElroy and a couple of those uh, foreign fellas aren't playing as well. So I think it's a good tournament. Uh, like I said, it's top heavy. You know, the odds are, are on John Rahm, Justin Thomas, and, and uh, Patrick Cantley. But, I, you know, I always fade those guys to keep in the uh, – the trend of first-time winners, I'm looking at a guy like Scotty Scheffler. Maybe he can finally win one. He's been close. Uh, he just can't close on Sunday. I like Xander Schauffele. Uh He was he had a chance to win it last season. He won a gold medal in the Olympics. That's about all he's won. Hideki Masayama done won twice this year, won the Masters last year. He's in a hot streak. He could he could knock off John Rahm. But I'm going to take Victor Hovland. You know, the guy... From Norway, that's always smiling, played his college golf at Oklahoma State. He's a e most even kill guy I've seen on the tour. A lot of people like Jordan Spieth this week. A lot of people like Brooks Kepka, who's won here. But I'm going to take Victor Hovland. Victor Hovland, Xander Shoffley, them my two horses. Um, there's probably a, a – I may put Taylor Gooch in there as a long shot, but I'm really pulling for Victor and Xander, and then we'll see how they, how they fall guy like Louis Ustazen, who hadn't played in a long time, he's going to be in this tournament. My main man, Sam Burns, will be here. And Bubba Watson coming off a second-place finish to, to Harold Varner in that Saudi Arabian tournament. Uh, he's in the field as well, as well as Harold Varner, getting his first win with a long eagle putt to beat Bubba by one. Uh, so a lot of good golfers in here. I'm going with Victor. I'm going with Xander. And we'll see what happens. Looking forward to this tournament. I love – I love these golf tournaments, man. I'm I'm glad they just about every week. I know a lot of people don't pay attention to anything, but the but the uh, the uh, the Masters and the U.S. Open, all the majors. But I love it every week. Got a little fancy league. Got a little pick them, uh, pick some guys, and uh, give it a four day sweat all through the weekend. So let's go, Victor Hovland. All right. While watching the uh, Tom Hoagie win his first golf tournament, I flipped around and watched a little bit of other TV on Sunday. And for the life of me, I can't figure a couple things out. Number one, what was the NFL doing with this Pro Bowl this weekend? I fully understand that these guys are getting paid millions of dollars, multi-million dollars. You don't want them to get hurt. You don't want a player that you know can win you a championship possibly the following season to tear ACL, you know, to get hurt real bad, get a get a, a extreme concussion, you know, tear up an Achilles. I get all that. You don't want that to happen. But you're playing a football game. They turn it into a two-hand touch, and everybody's just running wild. Like, nobody's even making an effort. So I don't know what, you, what the NFL is going to need to do, but uh, you need to do something. I mean, th th this is an embarrassment 
to anybody who turned it on hoping to see anything related to football. It was it was it was less than a walkthrough. Uh, nobody was even you know putting any putting forth any effort to tackle anyone. Uh, you already can't blitz and you really can't hit the quarterback, which I get, but now you're not even playing football. So the NFL's got to go to the drawing board, maybe do a skills challenge. I wouldn't mind seeing the quarterbacks throw footballs at targets, running backs, you know, run through mazes and see who's the quickest or the fastest who can catch a ball running and, you know, how fast these wide receivers are, how agile these tight ends are, how strong these defensive players are, whatever you got to do. Do some one-on-ones. I don't know. I'd rather watch him play basketball or play rock and jock softball than watch two-hand touch football. So I'm interested to see what the NFL does uh, going forward. Speaking of which, another sport that's that's pushed heavy by Fox is NASCAR. I flipped it over to see the little Bush, the Bush race they had, a little Bush Series clash. Uh, it took the LA Coliseum and uh, turned it into a racetrack, which is cool because we went to Bristol a couple years ago to watch Tennessee and Virginia Tech play uh, inside the racetrack with cars on the track, which was cool. So it's kind of the reverse of that. Uh, out there in L.A., uh, new teams, new new schemes, uh, new race cars. Um, it was pretty cool, a little short track, a lot of bumping and banging, a lot of cautions, which I think the fans like. But uh, midway through, they, the last race was 150 laps, and at the 75th lap, they, they pulled a caution, stopped the race, and had uh, Ice Cube roll up in a cutlass, and he rapped for about 15 minutes, had all the old white guys on the feet, all the black folks on the feet, all the Latin Americans, the Mexicans on their feet dancing and doing their thing. And I wonder if this is, you know, this is where they're going. Are they trying to broaden it to get, you know, that was, uh, you know, I think young white guys go to the NASCAR race kind of in jest, kind of making fun of it. It's kind of like a tailgate party, place you can drink outdoors. I think white folks do that regardless. Doesn't matter what it is. You know, anything from a, a wedding to an oyster roast to a duck shoot, a dove shoot, a deer shoot, anything white guys can go hang out and drink beer on the outside, they do it. Black folks, I'm not sure what the grab is going to be for NASCAR. I mean, you got Bubba Wallace in there now. You got Jordan who owns a team. But I'm not sure, you know, we kind of grew up. I say we. Guys I know, we grew up watching NASCAR. Richard Petty, Dale Earnhardt. You know, the Allisons, Kelly Yarborough. That's just kind of what we did. We were conditioned to sit there and watch uh, three hours of guys going in circles and uh, see who would win. I'm not sure you're going to grasp uh, the younger generation, for one, and, and the black demographic, for two. I think uh, black black folks have jumped into the uh, drag racing a little bit. There's, it's a quicker thrill. You know, the whole thing lasts, you know, 10 seconds or less. There's a lot of money involved. A lot of ego, a lot of pride, a lot of shit talking. I think you get folks there. I'm not sure you're going to get a whole lot of uh, the black demographic. And then being in L.A., they had some uh, Latin Americans, you know, Mexican folks uh, in the crowd as well. They were uh, dancing along. Like I say, I think it's more of a fiesta thing. Um, I'm not sure. There have been a few Latin drivers come from open wheel to NASCAR. But I just don't think they grasp that either. You know, they're not. that's not something in their culture. I don't think, uh, you know, NASCAR racing is something. It's pretty much Southern American. 
um, not South American. So it's going to be interesting to see if uh, NASCAR can spread their demographics around and get some viewers from younger and different uh, demographics. But anyway, the race itself was good. Um, a lot of bumping and banging there at the end, and uh, I like that. Daytona's in a couple of weeks. I think everybody that has any kind of like the racing likes the restricted plate races. You know somebody's going to end up upside down. Um, you can go from the front to the back or the back to the front in a matter of a lap. Um, a lot of beating and banging. Like I said, somebody's going to end up upside down, flipping across the infield or whatever. So Daytona, Talladega, and the short tracks, people still watch. I'm not sure people are going to sit there and watch uh, guys racing line for a mile and a half like they do in Charlotte, Atlanta, you know, Texas. Those are boring as hell. And the road races kind of suck, too. That's an open wheel kind of thing. So interesting to see what NASCAR does, see if it grows any. Um, I think over the years, you know, it was self-sufficient on the southern states, and they've lost that with all these California kids coming in. You, you lost the Marlboros and the mustaches, and now you got the hair gel and the, uh, you know, the new generation. And the old guys just can't, you know, they just can't get down with that. So be interesting to see what if they reinvent themselves and they can get some business um, get some interest uh, going forward. So we'll see. But, uh, you know, NASCAR is trying to change, and the NFL Pro Bowl definitely needs to change. <laughs> so I bought a new TV. Uh, Melissa bought a new TV on Saturday. I picked it up when I was in town. Big 70-inch uh, Samsung Cloud, something or another. Comes with about two or 300 channels. And, you know, but by the time we put all of our HBO Max and Sling and YouTube TV and Hulu and Netflix and every subscription we got on there, man. We had about a million channels, but it comes with like 200 channels. And on Sunday after everything that went off, I uh, I was just scrolling through and ended up on Dog the Bounty Hunter. And I thought Dog the Bounty Hunter had retired. And seeing that his wife Beth was on this episode, I knew it had to be old because I believe she passed away a couple years ago. But what the hell is Dog the Bounty Hunter doing toting up? He toting up a, a, a paintball gun. Like, I know he can't carry a gun because he's not an official law enforcement agent. He's just a bounty hunter. Him and uh, Youngblood and uh, Leland and Baby Lisa and Beth and all of them riding around trying to get some fella who jumped bail. And he's toting this damn thing around like Tom Berenger and the sniper. But I've never seen him pull it out. I've never seen him hit, you know, hit nobody with the uh, with any of these weapons he carries. The uh, mace. Uh, I think these uh, paintballs are full of like pepper spray. So I guess if they hit you, they hurt you, and then they blind you and make you cough and sneeze. It's about the dumbest damn thing ever. And I'm trying to figure out whether, like, can dog legally do any of this stuff? Like, he can't carry a gun, and he can't really arrest you, but he can grab you. And lock you up and put you in the Tahoe and give you a cigarette. And then give you a, uh, 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 I don't know, his theory on what you need to do to clean yourself up. I mean, looking at that fella, I want nothing to do with that. So, I'm just curious uh, what the hell is all about the paintball gun. Uh, I really like to see him fire off on somebody. But uh, that's about the goofiest bastard uh, on the TV, bruh. So, uh, anyway, that's a little throwback. I saw I saw the dog, the bounty hunter, and I was like, man, reality TV, man, make something else. Anyway, just wanted to throw that out there. It's just something that was on my mind. I, I, I just want to see him hit somebody with that paintball gun. 
Lastly, sitting around the campfire. You know, that's what a lot of people think you want to do. It sounds good in theory. You know, everybody's all about the fall with the boots and the the boots and the uh, uh, hoodies and burn barrels. I don't ever see anybody doing it. People pay good money having burn barrels, uh, or, 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 you know, fireplaces put in their backyard with stone. But I don't see anybody sitting out there in that cold, uh, burning no damn wood. But uh, bring me back to a question. Have you ever had a s'mores? And has it ever worked out? I don't think, I think that's the one thing that's never gone as planned in the entire life. It's graham cracker, a piece of Hershey, Hershey chocolate bar, and a marshmallow. But I don't think it ever works itself out. The marshmallow either doesn't get hot enough to melt, or it gets so damn hot, it catches on fire and gives you third degree burns on your lips. It generally ain't hot enough to melt the chocolate, and the cracker is just a piece of graham cracker. Have you ever had the perfect gra- uh, uh, s'mores? Has anybody? I mean, I like Hershey chocolate bars as good as the next guy, and I like marshmallows and graham crackers. But I don't think you ever anybody's ever made one. I know they got the makers now where you put it together with like a, a piece of metal uh, clasp it together, and you cook the whole thing, and maybe that'll work. But I ain't never did a cook the damn thing on the campfire that turned out. I tried to cook hot dog weenies and burn them, or either they're still cold in the middle, kind of like a microwave meal. And I've never figured out how the marshmallow works. Usually that sucker looks like the Haley's Comet coming off of there on fire. And then if you take a bite out of it, one or two things are going to happen. Either you can get third degree burns on your lips, or that thing's black and smut, and it's like biting into a piece of charcoal. So that's my take. I'm just curious if any of you have ever had, ever had, a s'mores that turned out the way it's supposed to be. Interesting question. Looking forward to the Super Bowl. Looking forward to the golf tournament this week. Looking forward to see what the NFL does about the Pro Bowl. And also looking forward to NASCAR. Just Daytona 500. After that, I'm out to Talladega. Uh, hell, I might go to Darlington this year just to see how redneck it is. Um, we talked about making a couple trips on the Southern Tour. Just kind of taking it all in and people watching. It's, a, it's an adventure, man. You get a... You get the young guys who it's like a, a mid-season tailgate before football comes. They raise hell, cut off blue jeans, some Earnhardt Jr. jersey, something another. And then you got the old guys, you know, that just been doing it forever. Camp, RV, uh, go all over the country following NASCAR. It's a pretty interesting uh, viewing opportunity. Uh, generally, the race sucks because you can't see a lot depending on where you're sitting. And, but you can bring your own beer for most of these places if you got a if you got a cooler. So that's a positive. If not the eight dollars per sixteen ounce, and that ain't worth a shit. So anyway, we'll see how the NASCAR season goes. Um, and maybe sometime I'll be able to perfect the s'mores. I might get that a shot this weekend as well. Appreciate all y'all listening. Me and Kurt will be back Sunday to break down the news uh, we find worthy to talk about. But like I said, appreciate y'all listening. I'll try to get another one in tomorrow. Later.